Well, I guess since it was your idea, do you want to take it away for the <clears throat> dog of the week? You yeah. know, um, Andrew chose Labrador Retriever. Um, so we're just going to talk about uh, a breed every week that, you know, we can just kind of highlight, you know, uh, tell you more about a little bit more information and we can go into depth about it. Um, a Labrador Retriever is a medium to large breed dog, depending on the lines, also field um, bred versus show line bred. They tend to differ. Um, typically healthy weight. <laughs> Um, is 55 to 80 pounds. I know that's very rare to see in a lot of labs because a lot of them are morbidly obese that you see and everyone's like, oh my God, the chonker, it's so cute. And I'm like, like, oh. Barrels with legs. Yep. A walking table (laughs) is how I put it. I'm like, if I can put my glass of wine on it and it stays, your dog's too fat. (laughs) Um... So they were bred for the intended purpose of retrieving waterfowl for hunters um, and fishermen. Uh, They're in the sporting group in dog shows. So sporting dog, you would think a sporting dog would be athletic build. (laughs) Um, But they are built to be a little bit more sturdy um, because they are going in freezing waters during hunting season. So they're supposed to have muscle and like a, a slim layer of fat throughout the whole body but they should not be, it's like like that, yeah. But they're not. buoyancy as well as. Yeah, buoyancy. buoyancy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not drinking today, but I still can't work. It's fine, it's fine. (laughs) But yeah, it's supposed to be, you know, help them keep warm, but they should also still have a tuck. They should still have a waist, um, and they should be muscular and athletic fit, but not round and rotund and obese so um they i feel like i see two i see like shorter usually thicker and then like long-legged and usually a bit more so that's like there's like american and english bread it's just like two different like standards and it can be seen in like show versus field obviously a field bred dog is gonna be more hunting athletic type and show line being more you know husky almost um but again neither should be obese uh they're they're really known for their adorable loving personality they're pretty easygoing dogs very laid back they have a good on and off switch meaning when they're at home they're not like constantly ready to go they could be couch potatoes they can be moderately um, active and then in the field, they're ready, they're on point, you know, they're ready to go. Um, so because of their great personalities, that's why they became so popular and they're in the top, I don't even know, like top five right now. I don't know exactly where they are in the AKC or even I think, just. I think they're in first. I think they're in first too. I think too. they've been in first every year. Yeah, for <laughs> since like 1990 or something like that. Yeah, crazy. Um, they're easily socialized with strangers, neighbors, other animals. They're pretty well, you know, well-minded, I would say. They're pretty good at, yeah, yeah. they're easygoing, so they just take everything, like, with a grain of salt almost. Um, though they are easygoing, that does not mean they are not energetic. Again, they are a hunting breed, a sporting breed. 
Um, so they should be exercised, uh, which they do so much. So it should be so easy to exercise them because you see them in, you know, drug sniffing, bomb sniffing, cadaver sniffing. Like they do all that. They do fetching, agility, like they thrive and they do well in those type of things. Obedience. So therapy work. Therapy work. They're, they're a very well-rounded dog, which is why they're so popular. But people don't take advantage of that. And that's why they're just, they get obese or they become aggressive or they destroy houses because they're not getting their mental simulation out, even though they're so well-rounded and could pretty much do almost everything, you know, they're, they're kind of suffering from that. Uh, they're very food motivated, so easily can become overweight. <laughs> um, but the food motivation is a good way to, you know, teach them the new tricks in mental simulation games, stuff like that. Um, if the reward is food, some are even just reward, like high reward for just toys and balls and playing fetch. Um, just like how you see some like cop dogs, um, like shepherds, the, their reward is a toy. Um, it's the very same with like a, a lab. Uh, let's see, they have a love for water uh, and retrieving, obviously, because it's genetically built into them from years and years of hunting. Um so it's, again, very easily to keep them mentally stimulated by just doing stuff that they love. Yeah. The amount of people, by the way, at the dog park who uh, will have a, I feel like it's Labs and Goldens. Mm -hmm. but Yeah, I'll you hear, always get one of each or something yeah. like that. Or they have Don't one. go in the water. They're screaming. I know. Like, you got a lab. You got a lab and you don't want him to gotta, go in the water. Like, He's going to go in the water. He's yeah. got to roll in the mud. He's got to chase the ducks in the water. Um, it's funny whenever I hear that. It's just almost just like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like <laughs> its favorite thing. I know. It's literally genetically hardwired into them. Right. It'd be like if I brought Bailey to like a big field of sheep and I was just like, no. Yep. It's nope. Like, <laughs> you can watch, but not touch. Yeah. Um, when looking for a breeder or rescue, there's a couple of good places. So AKC website, as always, will have um, a bunch of breeders listed on there. They also have a um, website. It's called, let's see where it is. I think it's like the lab.com or something. Let's see. Somewhere in here. The labradorclub.com. And that has um, all about the lab's information, health testing, events, programs, training, breeders, rescues. They, it, it's literally a Labrador club of America. So it, it can go way in more depth. Um, obviously, if you're going to pick a breeder off of the AKC website, keep in mind not every breeder does all the recommended testing. So make sure you do your own research when looking for a breeder. Um, Are, do you feel like with labs because they're so popular that there's going to be a huge abundance of unhealthy slash backyard bread. There is like just because an animal is AKC papered and registered does not mean it's a potentially healthy or reliable breeder slash dog. Um, the, for when you're doing your research, there's a couple things that they requ um, require for the OFA certification to say that they tested for all the genetic issues that certain that labs themselves get um 
is uh, a couple of things. So um, let's see. They have, they need a, Hips, definitely, I can... Hip and elbow. Yeah. So they need OFA hip and elbow dysplasia scoring rads. So that's when they take x-rays of the hips and elbows, um, and they're scored on a a scale. I don't know how the scale works because my breed doesn't require it, so I didn't look much into it. Um, And that tells you, you know, are their hips okay? Are the hip elbows okay? Unfortunately, my coworker has a lab, and... He just got diagnosed with elbow dysplasia, and he's six months, seven months. I think he's actually eight months, somewhere in there. But he has on and off limping in the front, and they just did x-rays today. I'm curious, is he, how was his weight? Very good. Is it okay? Yeah. I've heard that as a puppy, being overweight can, like, increase the risk of all that developing. Yeah, uh, his weight's good. Um and he has insurance, so he's going to be mm-hmm. able to go and get surgery to correct it. But not everyone can afford that. Again, get insurance. Is that a guaranteed? I think it's a, a very mo- good I mean, improvement. High probability, I should say. Obviously, nothing's a game. Like Yeah, I think it's a very good improvement. But obviously, as they get older and they change. Um, so that's one of the big ones for them. Uh, eye certifications, they have they get a lot of eye problems as they age, too. Um, so getting a board-certified ophthalmologist checked out. Uh, and then they also get exercise-induced collapse. So meaning it's a genetic mus- neuromuscular disorder characterized by muscle weakness, um, lack of coordination, and threat- life-threatening collapse is the, the definition of that. So that is genetic for them, and you s- it's kind of breed specific almost that like just strikes at random it can so elderly it do, at random it can be young it can be old it can be and it's in otherwise healthy dogs so it could be a completely healthy dog and they're just running and then they collapse and that could potentially kill them so that's a big thing that you should be te- the breeder should be testing for um and then a cardiac evaluation by a board certified um Specialist, uh, advanced uh, cardiac, meaning echo being the gold standard, but their breed doesn't specifically require cardiac evaluations. But if they have it, it's probably the best. Um, is there a difference with the test in between, like a black lab, yellow lab, chocolate lab? Lab. Cool. All the labs. Um, there's a couple other tests. I had to look these ones up. The PR... CD-PRA DNA test. It's another eye test in regards to retinal atrophy, so eye issues. Um, and then there was another, oh, um, centronuclear myopathy. Uh, so myopathy, we've talked about it. That's muscle degeneration? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this one's a hereditary characterized by skeletal muscle pro problems such as weakness ex- and exercise intolerance so one so the collapse could be related to that and vice versa um so obviously if you're testing for uh exercise induced to- intolerance um you should also be testing for that if especially if they come up equivocal meaning um undetermined or positive or abnormal is what they use um, they should also be testing for that. 
those are just recommended, those three, the central nuclear myopathy, advanced um, cardiac evaluation, and the PRCD, PRNA, PRA DNA tests are the additional, but the, the main ones being hips and elbows, eyes, and um, the exercise-induced collapse for them. So when you're looking, keep an eye out for those. Um, the AKC website should have like a little star or like I think it's a paw print. It tells you if they do all the necessary testing. You can also look up the registrated registration number on the OFA website to see if they have everything. And they should have um, something called a CHIC, um, which is just like a certified health testing, uh, pretty much like a star documentation means you do all the testing that's required for your breed. If they have a CHIC number or certification next to their name, that means they do it. And that's a good breeder. Obviously, look at the results because even if they do it, it could be abnormal. <laughs> um, so those are the big things. Uh, and to end the conversation about labs, there's only three standard colors for a lab. Black, chocolate, and yellow. Anything off or different? Um, it's not ethically grayish at the silver park. labs silver, yeah. <laughs> as well as and it's hard to sometimes tell if it's white or if it's just like really light so they can be light they have a dilute gene that you can test for um but the standards are the black chocolate and um yellow if they're any different from that then it's not typically an ethically bred dog they're bred being bred for their color, which usually people don't do health testing for. Um, and then more times than not, further down the line, it could have been a mixed breed because, you know, those silver labs look mighty Weimaraner. Yeah, the silver's going to come from somewhere. Yeah. Right? And I it's mean, not coming from a lab, right? And the th silver can be dilute of chocolate. Okay. Just like how red... You know, fox red Labradors is uh, like a dilute or like a recessive of yellow. Um, obviously, they're breeding darker yellow labs um, to get the red. But the main standard colors that are only recognized by the AKC is chocolate, um, black, and yellow. Um, as far as costs... For like a lab, are you going to say just overall in general, they like low, medium, high for like if you're just since there's so many, I think the price is going to vary immensely, obviously. Or, I mean, sorry, not just like getting a puppy, but like, you know, over its whole life, like vet expenses, food expense, you know, is it probably average? Cost? I think it's average. I think they're pretty average animals as long as. Obviously, you're not overfeeding it and then doesn't become obese and doesn't get diabetes, you know. Yeah, okay. So, um, I and think... They, is it... They're probably... It sounds like they're pretty much good for, like, anyone for the most part. Like, they're, they're not, pretty... Yeah, they're pretty well-rounded. houses or scenarios where they wouldn't... Yeah, I think they thrive in pretty much any scenario as long as you give them the proper exercise and mental stimulation. They're the type of dogs that you don't really have to worry about destroying your house because you missed a walk one day mm -hmm. um they're very like i said easygoing laid back dogs they have a good on off switch they tend to 
mimic their owners almost. Like if you're an active person, their dog tends to be active. If you're a couch potato, they tend to be a couch potato. But it, it, they still need that exercise. That's what they're bred for is to still have that exercise. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next week, maybe we'll go to number two, which I think is French Bulldogs. Oh, my goodness. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. We've oh, talked man. about that before. Yep. Um, well, your week. Uh, I've been waiting to hear about it because you Facebook messaged me and said it's been awful. Yeah. Or what was the word? How long? I don't know. It's been a long week. It's just, you know, constantly something every day and having issues and, um, at the ER, like there was a 11 week old puppy that had to be put down. It was Ooh. crappy. Um, was, I saw it the week prior. And, why would that? Um, so there? it was hypoglycemic. Um, the original reason why I came in was because it was hypoglycemic as well, and we didn't know why. It could have just been like a isolated case because it was a Bichon puppy. It was only like two pounds, so those guys are prone to hypoglycemia. What's um, that mean? Low blood sugars. Oh. So uh, just like if a diabetic has a low blood sugar, they kind of go into like a state of shock almost. They're very lethargic, very out of it, not doing well. Um, little baby. Yeah, it was That's a little, sad. and the week prior, so it was like 10, 9, 10 weeks when I originally saw it, and then it came back on Friday or Saturday, I don't even, my day's all meshed together now, so, <laughs> um, for the same issue, it went home, and it was doing great, and then it happened again, and, um, it was kind of like, you have to go all in for diagnostics to figure out what's going it on, or, you know, other options, aka euthanasia, rehoming, stuff like that. I mean, that thing was literally just born. Yeah, it was so small. Um, so we tried to find people to take it, but it most likely potentially had like uh, a shunt of some sort. Um, so it's just not processing stuff properly, which is why I kept going into a hypoglycemic state. Um, I feel like if you're having issues at that age, you're probably not have a good quality, like failure to thrive type situation, which is why the doctors were okay with the option of euthanasia for that particular pet. Um, but we tried to get a couple people to try to take it and do workups. So the owners can afford to do workups. So um, they ended up electing for euthanasia. So that sucked. Um, and then there was a, 11-week-old kitten that came in with fluid in the, its chest. So it probably had FIP, which is a feline disease. It's deadly. Um, there is a treatment for it, but it's so very expensive, and it's not always 100%. Um, Does it just, like, suffocate? So it, I mean, it was having trouble breathing, in. yeah. Um, respiratory, coughing, like, it's pretty much, like, compressing your heart and lungs and it that one ended up getting euthanized too and uh just a lot of like dog fight situations and it wasn't a fun weekend let's just say uh and then you know my work we do surgery and um there was a bulldog that came in for pallet um fixing and he didn't do well post-op because um, they get in large pallets. So we'd go in and you trim the pallets, you drew it up. Um, 
he ended up going to the ER the next day. Like the and palate of the mouth? Yeah. Huh. So they get elongated, soft palates. Uh, that's why you hear like the, the snorting, the grumbling. It, it's either their uh, nares, so they get stenotic nares where the nose passages um, close up a little bit and they're like little slits instead of like open holes. Um, and then the palate where, you know, like the dangly part is covering the trachea. So it, every time it's breathing, it's like reverbing and it's, he didn't do. It sounds like literally I have asthma. It sounds like they're just constantly having an asthma attack. It's Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, that's and brutal. they already have like, so we go in and we trim it back. So it's not as bad or even better. Um, but post-op he didn't do well. Um, well post-op when he was in the hospital, he was fine. We just didn't know what happened after he went home. Either he like may have aspirated because you know his throat hurts, and I don't. We don't know what his owners were doing because we weren't there. Um, but it was recommended that he goes to the ER, and he um, ended up going to cardiac arrest there, and it sucked. Um, so that's <laughs> it's not a fun time with it's bulldogs. A yeah, there's a lot of death this week. Again, it's something I can handle. I just kind of get a little blah, and I'm like. Well, then you had something with Shiloh? Yes, but that was yesterday. (laughs) Um, He was just kind of like quiet, more quiet than he is. And he was being a little like extra needy. He's already a needy dog, like very like not needy, but like attached. Like he like lays on me and he's extra clingy. That's a good way to say it. And I don't know. I just felt like something was off. I I felt he looked like a little thicker, like a little bit bloated, but not he, he didn't look bloated. He was pink. His gums were pink. His tongue was pink. He wasn't panting. He was, his stomach wasn't painful. Um, he coughed, like, two, like, hacking coughs twice in a row. And I didn't know if he just had, like, a food, piece of food stuck in his throat, but I did also a sign of bloat is retching and mm. trying to vomit. And you're just overthinking. And I this. have really bad anxiety. I've yeah. had anxiety my whole life. So I obviously, <laughs> that's my heart dog right there, yeah. overthinking it. So get in the car. <laughs> I'm like, if I don't go, he probably torsioned or bloated and I will be forever angry at myself. So I just, I went and I went right in and then they just did a quick ultrasound on him. Um, and they're like, he's fine. And I'm like, okay. They're like, his pain, his stomach is just again. full of food. So he may have just ate more than normal, yeah. which he did as a puppy. Like that time I told you when he was a puppy and I brought him in, mm-hmm. he was kind of doing like a little bit of the same thing. So I, that was just my anxiety. And I'm like, I told him like, I'm probably being crazy. Yeah. This is me overreacting <laughs> and my anxiety. If I don't do it, he's going to have it. So please just look at my dog. <laughs> they're like, okay. Yeah, poor Shiloh. I know. He was fine. He was sad that he was there. Is he so used to going to, like, the vet that it doesn't bother him? So he's used to my hospital. Okay. He likes my hospital. Yeah. Because. He knows it. He knows it. We don't. He just hangs out every day there. He's not going there to get poked. I mean, he gets poked there, but very rarely. Yeah. Just, like, vaccines and routine blood work. And we did his dental this year, so he was a big, or last year now. That's kind of weird to say, but. Um. But at the Weymouth, he knows things get done to him. And the last couple times, he had eaten something stupid or possibly eaten something stupid. Like, I let a box of wine, you know, box wine got ripped open. The bag got ripped open. I didn't know if he drank it. And I went and had blood work and made him vomit just to be safe. 
but you never know. Um, same with Fable. Fable was there too, so I can't say who <laughs> did it, but yeah. um, vet techs aren't perfect either. You know, no. we have our own Stuff mistakes, yeah. and you know, so I we take our dogs to the vet though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't wait. Right. Yeah, you know, like what to look for. Yep. So yeah, that was my crappy week. That's not a fun week. Yeah, and I just feel like I have something every day to do now for the next two weeks. So I feel like I'm just going to be exhausted and it's just, you know, routine, not even routine stuff. Like Fable has a dentist appointment and then I had to go right to work and then I have my eyelashes right after that. And then the next day I go to work and then right after that I go have my own doctor's appointment. And then the day after that, then the podcast and then the day after that I go to Shiloh's, uh, Shiloh's having like a, not Shiloh, but Shiloh and Fable are going to meet up with a guy that uh, really wanted to meet Borzois and get to know them. And um, he just wanted to hang out and see what they were like. So I was like, sure, why not? Because they're Borzo- interesting. <laughs> yeah, a lot, not, a lot of Borzois people are very nice and very welcoming and willing to let people meet their dogs. So I was like, I'm down. Like well, Every time I'm, I've been with you at the park, it's like, what is that dog? Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> you know, and I'm fine with explaining yeah. that. And I'm like, it's, People don't know he's not a normal dog. So, and then I have dog show class after that. And then Saturday, e- Friday, ER, Saturday, ER, and my hospital too, on top of that. So, mm. it's just like something additional every day that I feel like I'm just gonna be a little cranky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, whew, excuse me. I, I wouldn't blame you for being cranky. That's. Yeah. Oh. Like. <laughs> waking up and going to work after like say three days in a row of like yeah death and horror it's yeah just, like and i'm you? on a diet so now i'm hangry and cranky <laughs> and i'm like well you get your wines I know. okay i'm allowed to drink wine on my diet it's fine <laughs> i made sure <laughs> only one glass but yeah <laughs> um so yeah food food related items yeah for dogs now um there's a lot of different foods lots of different foods lots of different types lots of different options um so main ones being let's see here i got a bunch here um main ones being kibble raw home cooked um there's a fad diets and boutique diets and there is vegan diets there's a whole bunch out there um but for the most part i'm gonna say feed for the dog that's in front of you because we're going to talk about this and people are going to try to conform their dog to a certain diet that may not fit their dog's lifestyle so whatever you do don't feed the dog for that's in front of you don't try to make it fit a different lifestyle, different food types that it may not accept. Um, there's, you know, so many out there. Uh, there's, I don't even, there's just yeah, so I, much. I don't even know where to begin for these guys. I but. honestly don't even know what we feed our dogs because Sam just handles <laughs> it. But like every time I've been to the store, it's just like, ugh, what? It's like so much that it's almost like overwhelming. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if I was to go shopping for food right now, I'd be too overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. 
it there's a lot and you know we're gonna go through them all and trying to you know we'll talk about it uh there's you know we'll start with kibble let's say um so i've heard kibble someone said to me once uh it because it's so heavily processed it's like eating mcdonald's every day yes and no yes and so certain brands there's like different quality levels exactly so there is commercial uh and then there's like fad boutique diets um of kibble kibble's meat right kibble yeah so kibble everyone's big thing about kibble is that's a byproducts oh sue sue had a question about what the heck is a byproduct that's funny because i have that was my next thing (laughs) um like what is what is that what does that mean so a byproduct is pretty much all the parts that humans wouldn't normally eat. So the head, the bones, the organ meats, you know. So though it says byproduct, it does not mean it's not quality stuff because it's parts of the meats that humans wouldn't normally meet, eat. So we call them byproducts because we just toss them out. But byproducts for dogs is what they need to eat. Um, that's actually in a sense somewhat depending on how it's farmed I guess could be somewhat uh beneficial and similar to how we used to use all the animal yeah like exactly um dogs are omnivores so their main diet consists of meats bones organs uh grains fruits veggies they they eat a little bit of everything Let's take a cat, for example, though. They're obligate carnivores, so they need meat to survive. They may eat other things as well, but they are, their their structure of their teeth, their structure of their digestive system, they are obligate carnivores. So they have to have meat um, to survive. And process, like the kibble, it's processed, it's broken down, it, there's things added to it, that is totally fine. So for dogs, it's the same thing. It may not look appealing, but it does contain the proper byproducts. It contains all the proper pieces of the animal that the dog needs, as well as nutrients um, for daily consumption to help keep the animal healthy and happy. Uh, Quality commercial dog foods are highly regulated and go through a lot of lab testing. So there's a bunch of, you know, regulations. They're called, it's like AAA. FCO, so AFCO, um, where they go through rigorous testing to meet federal requirements for that food. Um, And they're always trying to improve that. So there's lab testing with this food. So there's... That's actually research-based, not just like... It's research-based food. Um, And that food is fed to lab animals. So I think it's typically beagles. um, And they study the beagles as they age and if the diseases stuff pop up or issues along the line um, they can modify diets from that they can you know potentially change stuff that could be you know potentially helpful in the future obviously every dog's gonna react differently because they are all built differently so just because it's a commercial kibble based food does not mean it's a bad food because it there's lab research behind that uh that food the thing is you gotta keep away from non-commercial foods so the fad boutique celebrity 
dog diets. <laughs> they don't typically have any research behind them. They're just hiring people to throw food in and put their face on the bag yeah. and they're like what does a dog like yeah they uh, want is real meat in. on that uh, nutritional information is there like an ingredient uh, is there all bags should have ingredients of what's included the amounts just like how like say the back of your red bull there mm -hmm. has like sodium this amount uh is there anything that is a glaring red flag grain free AKA most of the celebrity boutique diets are typically grain-free. Um, and then again, they don't always include all the nutrients. I can't label every single phosphorus AB32. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't label all those types of ingredients yeah. to be like, make sure you get this. But do obviously when you do your research, look for a research-based commercial brand dog food. Don't just go with a run-of-the-mill um, grain-free celebrity diet uh, because they, again, typically don't have um, science behind them or they're not nutritionally balanced. They're, again, just people throwing food in. They want real meat, and then it's like chicken breast. And I'm like, they need the byproduct. Um, otherwise, most um, dog foods, too, um, commercial dog foods, some are minimally nutritionally balanced um, but certain dog breeds need different nutritional requirements so you may need to add in certain nutrients for your breed um, depending on your breed you can you should be able to ask the breeder uh, what he's been feeding their dogs and what their dogs do best on and typically you can kind of go from there um, you're just thinking real quick in my head like a malinois like shoshana who's like, you know, skin and bones, not skin and bones because they don't feed her, but just because she's so active. Yeah. Versus, and that's also their breed too. Yeah, is they're meant like to be a lean. Boston, it's like their diets are going to be very nutritionally different. So different. Um, kind of so, like a bodybuilder versus like an Olympic swimmer. Like exactly. two different diets, two different. Yeah. So there's like senior diets for dogs that don't need as much of that nutrients to, you know, that puppies need for a puppy diet because they're growing and older dogs need like less protein because it's easier on their kidneys and liver. And um, there's like certain breeds like a Royal Canaan has like Labrador Retriever and Hills has uh bulldog and you know there's a whole bunch each like brand ha potentially has a breed specific diet formulated for that specific breed as well as they should have just like basic uh sensitive skin and stomach diet a sensitive um like senior diet so not as much they should have puppy diets you know uh, all age there's like an all age one which certain breeds do really well on it just depends on the, your breed. Uh, let's see. And then, oh, the AFCO, uh, the Association of Feed Control Officials. So that's what I was trying to find earlier. Um, and like I said, they're just working to make sure your pet eats healthy and nutritionally balanced food while working to better animal food, and it's very highly regulated. Um, again, trying to make sure your, what your pet is eating is healthy for it. I'm sure, too. So, like, quality of the food, obviously, is going to have a big physical effect. I'm sure, like us, it has a mental effect, too. Yeah. Imagine. 
And so, like you said, if you're eating a McDonald's every day, Mm -hmm. you're obviously not going to be, you know, depressed, sluggish. Exactly. You're not going to feel great. Um, So some really good, uh, higher quality and AFCO regulated brands are Hill Science Diet, Royal Canin, Purina, I am slash Yukonuba, um, and then Wellness Natural Foods for Dogs. So those guys are all, you know, science-based foods that do research. Um, I personally feed Purina Pro Plan um, 30-20, which is the amount of protein to um, some other thing of there. And I do in salmon because, again, a lot of dogs have chicken allergies because it's the main ingredient in almost every dog food almost so they none of my dogs have food allergies but i prefer to feed them something a little different and salmon's better for their coat anyways again they have long coats and i find salmon also is better for hearts that's just my uh, opinion what about um lamb lamb's good yep lamb beef is fine chicken is fine too it's just again my preference i like salmon I feel like it does well for their coats. Um, and then I also do a Purina sense of skin and stomach mixed in with that. Or depending on, you know, during the summer, I'll feed the 30-20 because it's a, you know, active dog formula. So they're running more. So it's higher caloric base compared to the sense of skin. I usually do that in the winter. Just, uh, again, another sa- salmon sense, salmon sensitive skin and stomach. There we go. Lots of S's there. Um in the winter, just when they're a little bit more sluggish um, in the not active months of the year. Um, and then there is a website I'll have you link, um, which breaks down like the nutrition requirements of everything. Um, I'll let's, let's give it to you after, but uh, check the description. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's called MerckVetManual.com, and you can it breaks down the nutrition nutrition requirements for certain breeds and like the size of your dog and what it should be getting and quantities and stuff like that. As long as the AFCO website, we can link in there. Um, a big thing about uh, science based diets, a lot of people will say vets will get commission from these and. If they do, it's very low. I've never seen a dime from recommending any of these brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like a big thing for a lot of people. Is like they're getting paid. She to say actually that. Uh, pulled up in a Lamborghini. Guys. Yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> my check engine lights on, but you know it's fine. <laughs> um, these brands are just recommended because the science behind it and research, and that's what we as veterinary professionals like to see. So we so recommend I, it. I think just thinking about that real quick, what you just said, um, I feel like before I ever started talking to you, I'd be, I'd maybe believe that, like, yeah. oh, they're getting commission. But just in these past, I mean, this is talking about We get a pizza eight. party maybe once every six <laughs> months, you know. Yeah. You know, this is episode eight, and, like, you've just continually continuously shown how much you guys just care about the animal. And so, like, I get it. Not, yeah. Like, okay, no, I understand. Like, you're just like, here, we don't want your pet to be unhealthy. Literally. That's, exactly. Like, it's not, yeah. Like, I, I get it now just from talking to you. So, uh, 
Just interesting. <laughs> That's all. And th- when vets do recommend certain diets, like the science-based or even prescription diets, it's because that prescription diet fits your dog's medical needs. So there's certain kidney diets. I think we mentioned that last time. Yeah, renal. renal diets. There's um, there's actually diabetic diets. There's weight loss diets. There's hip and joint type diets that have more glucosamine in there that we want so your dog doesn't have arthritis. Like there's a bunch of diets that we recommend for your pet to be on just because we want them to live longer. Um, so I just want to throw that out there as yeah, well. Because the longer they live, the more they can come into the vet so you guys can get money. Oh yeah, I just want all the money, guys. <laughs> That's how it works. I wish I made commission off of every pet that came in and I, I'd be rolling it, you know. I'm clearly thriving, guys, <laughs> as I drink three bottles of wine. <laughs> Uh, um um going back to grain free i have it in big letters here yeah that was a big that was big for a while it's a i don't know if it's diet. like slowed down but for it's a while it was it's a fad diet dogs aren't normally allergic to grains that's such it's like a myth um the dogs are allergic to the protein typically very extremely rarely are dogs actually allergic to grains it's always typically chicken, beef, the, the basic um, proteins in there. Uh, novel proteins are a good way to try to rule out, you know, food allergies. So doing salmon, kangaroo, rabbit, venison type of diets, that's totally fine. Make sure they include grains in those, though, because grain-free diets are in research to be potentially linked to something called DCM, which is dilated cardiomyopathy, which is the enlarged heart. I sent you a picture of a large heart over the weekend too. I so it, I, it, this people, I thought that this dog's heart was its stomach. She said, I don't know how to read an x-ray, yeah. but I thought that, that it was huge. It was round. Yep. Huge. Yep. It, was and it looked like a small ish dog. I don't know. A little Aussie. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And took up most I of his chest cavity. Yeah. It was its stomach. And uh, like swelled up. I didn't even. We he was just happening to get Did X-rays. He die? No, he's no, he's, he's fine. Okay. He's a. I shouldn't say he's fine, but he's alive. Okay. <laughs> uh, didn't think to ask about his diet because he was there for a dog fight and he was all torn up on his neck. So we were checking to make sure nothing was perforated. So we did X-rays of the neck and the thorax, so the upper body, and. Uh, Took with the first x-ray and I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a very large heart. So that was an incidental finding. Um, again, I... something you at least would like probably mention to the, to the, the owner? The doctors would. Okay. At the ER, the techs very rarely talk what, about what we find. That's the doctor's job for the ER. Just because we're going out, grabbing pets, doing the treatments, trying to keep moving, keep moving. The doctors and uh, liaisons, which are the the people who converts with the owners the most just to get updates and, you know, how's my pet doing? And those people typically will explain what's going on and the doctors will give you diagnostic stuff. But that's why grain-free diets are not okay because we don't, we're assuming it's peas, legumes, sweet potato that potentially are causing some issues with absorption of some nutrient or lack of nutrient that's, uh, you know, causing the heart to be enlarged in a breed that doesn't normally get uh, DCM. 
And DCM is a killer. Eventually, you know, your heart can only be so big and take up so much space. And, you know, that's not something you want your dog to be on. I, again, we don't know. There's still so much research and that's going into it right now that I can't be like, that's 100% peas, legumes, soy, chickpeas, stuff like that. Um, it's just, we're, it's still being researched. And so I say, better safe than sorry. Why risk it? Unless your dog is actually allergic to grains, like I said, that is very, very rare should it be on a grain-free diet. So that's mostly kibble stuff. There is hypoallergenic diets. Oh, here we go. Um, that some dogs need because of their skin issues, um, which were, there's like, where they specifically specifically feed only one protein and they don't mix in other proteins to try to rule out a food allergy. Um, again, it's a prescription diet, so typically your vet will recommend it and you need like a script to get it. Uh, they still contain all the proper nutrients for that. Um, that's totally fine. Uh, but it just either breaks down the protein to be so small that the body doesn't recognize it in like a hydrolyzed diet or it's a totally different protein that dogs never gone. Like I said, kangaroo, venison, rabbit tend to be one of the bigger, um, newer uh, novelty proteins that a pet would never have gotten in its life before to rule out uh, um, a food allergy. I don't think dogs should be on vegetarian, vegan diets unless medically prescribed, again, Usually when they're on a prescription diet, it's either breaking down the protein so small that the pet can't recognize it or they're on a protein that they've never had. Uh, vegetarian and vegan diets alone, especially if not prescription, uh, there's no way to know that the pet's getting the proper protein, nutrition, uh, because those diets are typically under like a fad diet. They're fads, just like how people are vegan and human. That's their choice. You can't take the choice away from a dog. Again, I know I mentioned earlier, they are omnivores, so they can eat pretty much anything. However, they their main diet consists of meat. So withholding uh, the protein is most likely going to be detrimental for that dog. Um, and then we can bounce over to raw diets. Uh, I actually really like raw diets. You'll hear a lot of vets not recommend them because people can't do them properly. Yeah, the repercussions, pretty. Yeah, so severe if you mess it up. Raw diets um, are, as it states, are raw ingredients are minimally processed. A lot of people like this option because it can cut out a lot of the processed ingredients to make you know the durable. The kibble is just like dry little corn kernels almost. Again, nothing wrong with them. That's a good option. But I do, like I said, I really like raw diets. But again, people have to do it correct because they can potentially harm the dog um, and cause illness. Uh, it's more than just feeding your dog chicken breast and some ground hamburger and some rice. That's not a raw diet. That's not should not something that should be fed. Um, a lot of dogs with allergies 
can benefit from a raw diet because you're cutting out some of the processed stuff and you can kind of focus on that protein. Like I said, when you're figuring out food allergies, you focus on a protein. You cut out the protein that they're potentially allergic to for about two months. Um, two to, so we say four to six weeks. So that's about two months, I think. Um, to well, like uh, Boston that I watch, he pretty sure he has a, a has yeah has not had has a chicken allergy. Mm-hmm. She kept feeding him chicken, <laughs> chicken and chicken and cheese. Yeah. His farts reeked. Oh, he was man. a stinky boy, but she switched him. She stopped putting chicken, and she just gives him like the Ollie kibble now. Mm-hmm. And I th- I want to say it's been like a month, mm-hmm. and huge uh quality of life improvement for him that's good um just with again feeding the dog in front of them yep (laughs) yeah Um, because he not to get super gross but he's got this little like piggy tail it's like a piggy curl yep frenchies (laughs) and it almost acts like a little windshield wiper yeah Yeah. (laughs) it acts like a windshield wiper sometimes when he like a cow and and it becomes a mess and it's been a while it happened yesterday but it's been weeks so yeah definitely like yeah. You know, she she was trying to figure it out. It's been driving her nuts. She seems It takes to a have... lot of work to really figure out an allergy because you got to commit. No one else can give this pet treats. No one else mm-hmm. can give them table scraps. You can't give them table scraps. You got to feed the diet and the diet alone. Nothing else. Because that one treat could Just ruin. resets it. Resets it. And you got to do it all. Start from scratch. Um, and raw diets, you need a lot of diversity. Um that everything is in moderation, obviously. So diversity and moderation. Uh, they need nutrients and supplements to be added in as well when you do raw diets to make sure they're fully covered, like uh, omega-3 fatty acids and calcium and phosphorus and iron. you got to figure out what foods contain that and got to make sure you actually weigh it out. And it's not just like, oh, this broccoli has iron in it. Let me throw in a broccoli bunch of broccoli you gotta actually like measure stuff and raw diets are really good if done correct it it can be expensive because you're buying raw ingredients and cooking or not even cooking but putting the meals together almost daily or week a lot of people will do it like a week or month's worth and freeze it and unthaw um as they go but food prep or whatever Food prep, yeah. Bang, 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 but for up. your dogs. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of Tupperware. But you need like a, like almost like a box freezer, chest freezer to be able to keep all that because that's a lot of food, especially if you have larger breed dogs. Keep that in mind. And the amount of food that they intake is going to be obviously more than a smaller breed dog. Um, there's a bunch of websites that help you measure that out and a bunch of Facebook groups that I really like. Um, one's called Raw Feeding U- University-RFU. Uh, they're very good at helping people get started, weighing, you know, tell you where to get good recipes and being able to find out what your dog needs nutritionally. I really like that group. Um, they're just really good at doing, you know, the proper measurements. And again, if they see something on their page, they're going to correct you that isn't correct. Um, again, a lot of vets do not recommend them because people do not do it properly. Um and the pet can suffer nutritionally as a result. That's basically my stance on like e-collars. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not necessarily against them because of like any other moral implications. That's it's something just people don't use them correctly. Yeah, that's something like it's a training we'll never tool, agree not on, a, yeah. Is like you might think it's abuse, I might think it's not abuse. Exactly. So some people hit their kids and think it's fine, right? Like we'll never agree. So I try not to argue that point. Yeah. But it, my it's like there's too many idiots using them irresponsibly. So exactly. I think they should just be <laughs> completely yeah. only because it's so easy to i know you should take it have to take a test to be able to get these things and make yeah. sure you're actually confident enough to use one yep see um, just like i will say like, there are, i'm sure there's situations where it's used correctly yeah it's fine like i think some certain people use them for like training service dogs and a professional and but like that's all they don't even have to use the zapping or excuse me the buzzing part uh it's just like the vibration that can just like remind the dog to be back on cue. Yeah. And it's all about using it. So properly. like I'm not against them per se. I'm just mm-hmm. against it because the majority don't understand it. Exactly. Which seems like that's the same, same thing, thing here. with like, diets. Yeah, if everybody did it correctly, it might be actually better. But too many people are doing it incorrectly. Correctly. So we don't recommend yep. it. Yeah. So now we're going to hop over to home cut diets. Um, I'm not a fan of these because, again, they get skewed pretty quickly. Just some boiled chicken and rice and or boiled hamburger and rice with some chopped peas and carrots and they're just kind of not typically nutritionally balanced at all mm-hmm. um it's just it's usually people even like people making their own dinner and tossing some food into the dish it's again yeah, not my, nutritionally balanced one of my better bestest friends so i'm gonna go ahead and throw her under the bus here my friend jane who has the blind ozzy mm-hmm. yeah she feeds lawson and daisy this big bowl huge bowl of like chicken i think like rice like pea like literally yeah. what you're saying yeah. this huge bowl and uh the dogs you know i walk them through times a week she mm. she gets them out a lot but they are a bit on the rotund side yeah and i wonder i think she gives them big portions. Jane, I love you. This yeah. isn't this isn't me trying to bully you. Just it's also very hard to measure hard to, the portion on it too, because you're like, yeah. Should I do a half a breast? Should I do a whole breast? Should mm-hmm. I do a cup of hamburger? Should I do two cups? You you don't know because it's again not nutritionally balanced. So how is it? How are you gonna weigh it out? Yeah. If you're just gonna throw some muscle meat in there, not and mm-hmm. rice, those are literally just fillers. Yeah. So I wonder if that's. A big portion because they get good exercise so i wonder yeah. if that's why they're larger is just the amount and the food yeah yeah and then there's the pre-made home cooked meals so like you mentioned ollie and the farmer's dog is one of them and there's a bunch out there like there's so many out there right now every time i'm on instagram and i'm scrolling through stories every other story is like an ad for a home cooked diet and it's like the dog is doing so much better he loves his food because it's so much better and and i'm like it's not nutritionally balanced one typically um i also don't find that like the it's not good for their teeth to constantly be eating soft food so they're you know contributing to build up of plaque and tartar dogs need something hard in their diet so that's why i like raw because it has like bone you gotta feed the right you gotta feed the right type of bone don't feed bones that are like calves and like the big bones like you gotta do like smaller bones that are easily breakable and chewable and can digestible 
But so you don't want bones that are cooked chicken. You don't want cooked bones um, because they can splinter. You want if you're doing raw, it's raw. <laughs> you, you don't do anything to it. Um, but chop like it a, off the animal and here you go. <laughs> I know. Again, don't do like a leg bone because obviously that's gonna be too thick for their teeth. Anything that you can't like scratch or eventually like break on your own is something that could potentially break your dog's tooth. So you're not going to take like a femur of a, a cow and be able to scratch that in half or be able to break it. It takes a lot of force yeah, to break that. Yeah, you need like a saw. Exactly. And that typically is what breaks dog's teeth is people are giving them these big, raw, meaty bones uh, that Chewing are femurs. Yeah. And it, it wears down the teeth and it breaks the teeth. And then the dog needs extractions and it's only like three. I'm like, buy a carnasal. Um, and that's the biggest tooth in there that they use to chew. I mean, again, unless your te- dog doesn't have teeth, I don't really find these pre-made diets to be overly good for dogs that have teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like Kylie, for instance, we talked about her last time. She's on a renal diet, so she <laughs> actually eats this weird, I call it her gulag goo yeah. whenever she sleeps over. It's like a freeze-dried, Yeah. you know, you mix water into it. But again, she's like on that specifically because she's got renal disease it has the proper proteins Uh, for her but it's pretty much like oatmeal i mean it's like this schlop especially i mean if they're older i understand you know trying to get them to eat and making sure they keep weight on like i understand at that point teeth may not be as the big picture but if they're young like i've seen so many chihuahuas come in and because all they're fed is human food or bits of chicken and their teeth are horrible and they're like three and we have to extract like 20 teeth like it's it I, i'll send you some pictures but it's yeah. it's so gross i'm like there's i'm like i don't know how you can let your dog kiss you or sleep with you at night because the smell of their breath is rancid <laughs> we sometimes get banjo and bailey these cool I want to say like ox ears, like different mm-hmm. animal, you know, it's got f- the fur on it and mm-hmm. they chew them and like it, mm-hmm. you know. It's like leather, you yeah, know, it's, it's pretty it's good. cool. Yeah. Certain things are good. Um, I know one of your questions is about rawhide, so we'll get into that when we get go get back into it. But um, overall, I just don't find them. I find the, the these prepackaged diets to be a, considered a fad diet almost because mm-hmm. everyone's doing it and the dog loves it. But they're not typically nutritionally balanced, and it's not doing anything for your dog's teeth. Which, again, in the long run, if you don't do anything with your dog's teeth and they have horrible dental disease, it can lead to heart issues and eventually death. So, (laughs) Um, And then lastly, uh, I mean, I will say if you're going to do those prepackaged diets, I think they're good as toppers. Like if you have a kibble, just put a little on top. I think it will save you money, too, because I know those diets are typically expensive to be shipped to you frozen monthly or weekly, however they're set up. And it's the same thing with wet food. I don't find them 100% nutritionally balanced 90% of the time. Um, Bad for the teeth. I think they're just good for, you know... So let's let's I'll give you like a hypothetical. Okay. Because like Boston does the Ollie diet and it is like a mushy, you know, like oatmeal-y. Yeah. Um, let's hypothetically say it's like 100% nutritionally sound. Okay. Would you still 
rather like the kibble just because it's harder. Exactly. I worry about teeth. I, people are always like, my dog won't eat. I'm like, your dog will eat. It won't let itself starve. starve. Yeah. Eventually he'll eat. And from there, you're going to have to train them. If you're going to do timed feedings, this is when you eat. This is what you get to eat. These are the times you get to eat. So how often should a dog eat? It depends on the breed. Some dogs only eat once a day and then some dogs eat twice a day. It just really depends. Some dogs have um, bilious vomiting syndrome almost like where they don't eat. If they don't eat within a certain time frame, they vomit. Mm -hmm. So that's like a lot of dogs when they wake up in the morning and they vomit because it's overnight. They didn't eat anything. for that, usually we recommend like a late night snack right before bed or a, a small meal. Um, and then making sure you feed them on time in the morning because, again, they could still vomit. Um, again, with wet food, I think it should just be like a topper. It's really, it has, I like wet food because it has more water intake to it. So dogs that need like a specific diet that needs more water, so renal diets, um, wet food is a good add on to it i mean and there's specific Sam wet foods for water in our kibble honestly <laughs> I mean, we cheat a little <laughs> yeah i mean that's a good way to do it but it, keep in mind if you're softening the food too much yeah. what is it doing for their teeth and over i mean end result end game i i can concern, typically be concerned about teeth um because not a lot of people can afford extractions and that's a a lot of money to spend but that's my main stuff for dog diets. Yeah, so like when I think of like a pack of wolves, right? Pack of wolves are out in the wild. They're working together. Or really any animal. Their whole almost existence seems to be like like all their energy is going into like the next meal. Does that seem that seems like pretty accurate, right? Yeah. Now we've taken dogs, we domesticated them. I don't know the story behind that. I don't know if anyone knows the true story. I assume they just slowly domesticated. It wasn't over a quick, time. No, it was know. over time. Um, but I wonder. So, like through that domestication, and because we're feeding them, we freed up a lot of time and energy, and we've gotten to like enjoy these beautiful lives together. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm, I wonder how, so that was like a huge advantage for us was, you know, obviously when we went from hunter gatherers to like having cooked meat where we don't have to like yeah. spend so much time. I mean, look at us now. Like I know. We're in a house filming a thing yeah, as we're opposed just to relaxing. Like, we're instead of being nomadic and following yeah, your food, right. you know, do you think there's like a, I'm not saying that a dog would never necessarily ever get to the mental capacity of us but do you think obviously their quality of life i feel has increased yeah do you think like i don't know a thousand years from now like do you think there'll be like some super animal compared to like the rest of the animals just because we have given them so much time and energy or do you think they'll kind of stay the same i think I think some will change and some will stay the same because when we're breeding dogs, we're breeding for what they are now. Right. We're not, and we're just trying to improve health. We're not really trying to, you know, change what they are, what they are. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously evolution is going to change no matter what, just like, you know, how we domesticated wolves and they eventually became dogs. And, you know, dogs obviously aren't wolves, so they're not going to have that type of lifestyle and you're not going to feed your dog like you would see a wolf eat in the wild. You're not going to see a pug go hunt a deer. <laughs> um, so, um, I wonder like, if they will get like, you know, so like obviously there's a huge difference mentally between like a border collie and a pug, mm-hmm. right? I've seen, I don't know if you've seen the border collie that could like, had like all these bins that had like a thousand plush toys mm-hmm. and the guy would like ask him to go get a specific toy and it knew what bin, like thousands yeah. of toys, crazy smart. I, I just, I wonder if like, I do wonder if they'll become smarter and what. I'm sure they will, but what does that look like? I don't think I have an answer for what they will look like, but I do agree. I think they will become smarter, but I don't think much will change from that. They're still going to be dogs. Um, Yeah. and Maybe just like easier training, probably better quality life. Yeah, hopefully we're doing better in the future and we're not still backyard breeders and (laughs) making bulldogs that look like frogs, you know bullies that look like frogs um hopefully we we do better we do should do better (laughs) Um, i wonder if some of those people give those dogs like peds and like steroids and sure some people like some of those dogs are so ripped that it's like it looks a little yeah if it's just sitting at home and ripped and not from exercise then i'd be a little skeptical i they're those, I don't, half the I have time no words like, for those dogs. <laughs> they yeah. sound like they can't breathe. No. But yet they're like the Incredible Hulk. I know, crazy. and I'm like, geez. <laughs> Is there any other animals you think we could domesticate? To that level? To this level? I mean, I cats, I, <laughs> I put loosely on domesticated <laughs> because they're cats. They don't really give a fuck. No. But um, I think we do... A lot of our animals that are domesticated, I think, are, like, if you really focus on them, like, some people focus on cows, and those cows are just as smart as dogs, Um, macaws, and parrots, like, they're, they live long, and they, they adapt very well to certain situations, and even, like, fish, like, we... Some are trained to swim through hoops, like, (laughs) I think we, I think we... When we focus on an animal and train and put our love and time into that animal, I think we typically can get, like, similar results. It'd be cool to see this type of relationship with, like, a dolphin. Yeah. Dolphins are crazy. Like, their language is so, like, we don't even understand it. Yeah. You know? And they're very trainable. And they're smarter than dogs, supposedly. So, um, I think we have the possibility to do that with a lot of animals it just domestication takes time and mm. obviously laws and legality of stuff of what people can own and not own and yeah well well that sort of playing god and morality will come into i've got <laughs> that whole crisper thing that i yeah. want to want to ask you about okay all right we talked about the byproducts um Yeah, how much of diets are just clever marketing and scare tactics? Pretty much the uh, the too long didn't read is stay away from those boutique grain free crap. Um, 
Oh, how do liver treats work? I thought uh, a bunch of bad stuff got stored in the liver, so I'm hesitant to give liver treats to them. Is that... I mean, I don't... It's a organ, and organs are okay to feed, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people won't feed, um, obviously, the GI tract, so intestine. Um, but I've fed liver to dogs before and I haven't had any issues and I don't see why there would be an issue with feeding liver. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know if you ever, s- I think I sent it to you, this guy who lived way out by himself. He was like hunting caribou. He was eating the whole thing. He yeah. was eating like stuff out of the intestine, like undigested see, berries. Well, like mm-mm. this dude was crazy. That, that's past it for me. I mean, yeah. the wolves do that. And that's yeah. like why <clears throat> they get a lot of their, grains a lot of their fruits and veggies mm-hmm. right from that's the how they of the- yeah that's how they got the additional nutrients while eating the actual obviously this day and age we don't have to resort to that right because we can just add it in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and dogs are typically like it so mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so we the the byproducts i now understand are it's the meat that we wouldn't necessarily eat. Yeah, so red organ meats, uh, not just now, red, but organ where meats. Does, <laughs> where does that meat, so I understand where it comes from on the animal. Mm-hmm. Where does these animals come from? Same place we would get? Typically, like the f- factory farmer is just like where we get our chickens. I mean, there's obviously like holistic type um, farmers, and I think it just depends on the brand and the distributor and mm-hmm. where prices it's all about prices man so yeah. <laughs> i'm not 100 percent sure where like they get you, it yeah if you were raising livestock specifically for dog food i imagine that would be some expensive dog food i don't so yeah i almost imagine it's got to be this multi-purpose it like, is I, it's it's the by the byproducts yeah. of our human food that are getting sent to you know uh, the dog food manufacturers so like i said the heads typically bones legs wings uh organs gross the gross stuff <laughs> stuff you wouldn't normally eat yeah i wonder if they grind that all up into like one they do which yeah. is then how it's processed and heated and then the nutrients are added in in certain quantities and hmm. that's how it's all processed all right, let me ask you about this CRISPR stuff. I'm curious on what you think about this. Okay. Science, it's science stuff. Okay. <clears throat> so CRISPR, told you this earlier, stands for, it's an acronym, clustered, regularly, interspaced, short, palindromic repeats. <laughs> so CRISPR is a family of DNA sequences found in the genomes of prokaryotic organisms, such as bacteria and, I don't know what this word is, archaea. Um, So these organisms are single-celled organisms that lack a nucleus and other membrane-bound organelles. These sequences are derived... Sorry, this is a whole page, so I'm going to just read for a minute. These sequences are derived from DNA fragments of bacteriophages 
a virus that infects and replicates within the bacteria um, and archaea. Do you have any idea what that is? A-R-C-H-A-E-A. I don't know what that is. Probably some sort of cell thing. I don't know. This is too much science for me. Uh, So anyway, these bacteriophages are used to detect and destroy DNA from similar bacteriophages during like a subsequent infection. So these sequences play a key role in the antiviral defense system of prokaryotes and provide a form of acquired immunity. CRISPR are found in approximately 50% of sequenced bacterial genomes and 90% of archaea. So what CRISPR is, so so what all that essentially means <laughs> is it's a way, CRISPR is a way of finding a specific bit of DNA inside of a cell. And then after that, CRISPR gene editing to alter that piece of DNA. So there's Cas proteins that are found in bacteria. Uh, the Cas9 protein is the most widely used by scientists because it can be easily programmed to find and bind to any target sequence. Uh, you just give give it a piece of RNA, which I'm kind of familiar with RNA from like the COVID vaccine. It's basically just like a recipe. It's a cookbook. So you're you're given the DNA a cookbook in this case to to like rewrite itself. Um so the Cas9 protein cuts the DNA at a target. When the cut is repaired, mutations are introduced that usually disable a gene. This is by far the most common use of CRISPR. It's called genome editing or gene editing, but usually the results are not as precise as that term implies. But I think eventually it'll be real deal, like genome editing. So this just gets into such a can of worms of like... So here's some Things that have been, I guess I'll say attempted because I don't, I, I didn't look up like the success or failure of these. But so a Chinese court sentenced a biophysicist who announced that he had created the world's first gene edited babies. They sentenced him to three years in prison for illegal medicine practice. Um, he shocked the world's scientists in November 2018 when he announced that his team uh, so he's and, out now. <laughs> yeah, his team in Shenzhen had used the CRISPR gene editing system to edit DNA in human embryos to make them less susceptible to HIV. The edits were designed to disrupt a gene that codes for a protein that allows HIV to enter immune cells. Now, because this is like super new technology, like... Okay, maybe that worked, maybe it didn't, but you have no idea what other things you introduced yeah. to those poor embryos. So, like, you might have fixed that, but you might have completely screwed yeah. something else up. Uh, in July of 2019, CRISPR was used to experimentally treat a patient uh, with sickle cell disease. February 2020. Sickle cell anemia. Yeah. 
don't even know what that is. Um, don't know off the top of my head. In February 2020, progress was made on HIV treatments um, with 60 to 80% of the integrated viral DNA removed in mice and some being completely free from the virus after edits. Uh, and then in March 2020, CRISPR-modified virus was injected into a patient's eye in an attempt to treat Lieber congenital amaurosis. In the future, CRISPR gene editing could potentially be used to create new species or even revive extinct species from closely related ones. I'm down for dinosaurs. <laughs> I know, it's straight <laughs> up Jurassic um, Anyway, the, so the reason I bring that up is because it's like, I have a lot of questions of like, morally, is that even our place? I mean, if we... We're kind of playing God, right? So, like, theoretically... If you believe in God. Yeah. There you go. So, like, theoretically, <laughs> right, we can't... We would... I mean, this isn't now, but maybe, say, 20 years from now, you know, give... Have babies that, like, all right, we know it's not going to have these... Like, instead of vaccines, we could just gene edit, right? Yeah. We could get rid of asthma. We could get rid of... So, there's a lot of benefits. I, I say... Could- I would be down for continued research of it. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see where it went. Mm-hmm. Plus, I really want a dinosaur, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, making Jurassic Park a reality. Bring back some really cool extinct animals, like the, um, what's that tiger? Tasmanian, no. It might be Tasmanian tiger. Tasmanian devil. I mean, the dodo. Dodo, yeah. Yeah, you can bring back a dodo. Um. You probably bring back terror birds and like. <laughs> so like yeah, obviously there's some uh, really bad cool things, things that, that could, could be done with it too, right? Bad like, things that could be done, but I guess there are some bad people in the world that would do that too yeah. to make money off of it for like treatments and stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like in the right hands or in the right research facility, I'd be interested to see where it, it would go. Do you think that? Bring back the dinosaurs. So, like, when you and I were born, it was sort of honestly like a roll of the dice. Yeah. You know, we're kind of just randomly... Selected. Does this take away a bit of us, our humanity, if we are to, like, make... It's almost like you'd be making a superhuman. I don't think so, because... An embryo is a fertilized egg already, so it still has like a. a it, it's a person still. Mm. You're just editing their DNA to prevent certain diseases. Yeah. So yes, a potential superhuman, but you're not going to see them flying around. You're right, going to see yeah. them immune to herpes or HIV. Mm-hmm. Just think about that. Wow, lifespan. Might drastically increase. That would also be really cool. Like, that actually might be where, like, age... And that might be something that they're potentially trying to do is lifespan. But how nice would it be, like, get rid of Alzheimer's? That'd be really nice. You know what I mean? There's so many things out there where it's just, like... Yeah. Like... It's just... Or even, even like, to be able to... Even if you can't change it, I mean, just detecting it at birth Mm -hmm. would be, like, huge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I wonder sometimes, like, 
are we me- are we messing with things that we shouldn't be messing with? You know I what would I mean? mess with it, honestly. <laughs> I feel like I it'd be a if it was me, I would do it. So if I had the knowledge and the opportunity, I would probably do it. Mm-hmm. Bring back dinosaurs, you know. <laughs> I really want dinosaurs, if you can tell. Mm. Um. <sighs> make some mythical creatures, like yeah, make, make your own form. creature. I know. Make well, a, like even like dog, like you know, you could get rid of certain like like cancers. dog allergies, maybe you know, like I wonder what that would do to like. Could we get dogs eventually that live 50 60 years what if we get a dog that lives 80 years you know what i mean it'll like, be shiloh yeah <laughs> he's living forever <laughs> just so so and then also too like all right not to go super conspiracy but like if we can figure that out there's no reason like other civilizations or like previous civilizations couldn't be it's just crazy like that just puts a whole new spin on. Yeah, and then it's the same thing as like, can you bring people back? Type of thing, like when people save their their brain, their hearts, like what is it, Walt Disney? That's like frozen, yeah, frozen, yeah. Like, think about that. Like, if they get to that point in research, like, well, can I they wonder, bring them back, like, or yeah, even just like transplanting them into a, a new body yeah because if you have the There's whole so many DNA videos sequence, about this too right movies got, about the whole this, yeah. DNA sequence exactly can you just transfer well that's another thing right is like but I think that's when we get back into the soul yeah well the thought of eventually transferring your consciousness or uploading your consciousness to like the cloud what is it black mirror that yeah. does that a lot it would be like crazy I think it would be badass yeah Definitely something to think about. Mm-hmm. Like the little microchips you just like insert. <laughs> That's, uh, Elon Musk is working on something like the Neuralink, mm-hmm. where like start your car by sitting in it. Or, he's a like, car person, right? I don't yeah. even know. Well, I don't follow political he's people. Working on something with a in the brain where, mm-hmm. so like if I want to text you, mm-hmm. in my head, bang, I can like do all the steps real quick. The the biggest like. La- like the the slowest part is you know I have to pull out my phone I've got to type it I've got to so if you could you know our thumbs are like the slow thing there so if we cut out all of that and then just increase the bandwidth straight from your brain to where you just think like all right text Courtney where are you at and it just like fucking yeah. I you feel know like what I mean like crazy it'd be easier because my brain goes like a mile a minute mm-hmm. and I don't my mouth can't keep up <laughs> yeah. so. I feel like it'd be easier to get things out Mm -hmm. and be able to describe things the way you're thinking them. Almost, you know, I feel. So essentially, yeah, you're, you're increasing the bandwidth, you know, because we're all, we are like kind of cyborgs already. Your cell phone has all, like it knows where you're always at. Mm -hmm. You've got all the information that we have in the universe in your pocket. Like it's just crazy. So like basically taking all that information, right, that is in your phone. And instead of having to, like, use your fingers, find it, and then process it, you're just, you're just straight. Yeah, you think... Like, basically, our brain would be, like, almost hooked up to, like, the internet. Yeah. Like, just... It'd be pretty cool. What does that do? That's just crazy. I also worry (laughs) at some point, though, like, if you're able to do that, like, how distracted are you going to be from real-life type Mm -hmm. situations, like reality? I wonder, too. Then you could... Then... a hive mind could literally exist. Yeah. Like you could just crazy. Th- like, I don't know. Yeah, mindless, <laughs> this yeah. has nothing to do with dogs, but just. Just a, like a little fun thing to think about. Yeah. Um, 
rawhides, actually. Uh, yes. Did we talk I about those? I mentioned that we'd get back to it. So I like certain rawhides. I know not a lot of people do. Um, I don't like rolled rawhides because they can, um, when they unroll in the stomach, uh, it can cause blockages. But flat ones, um, obviously, if it's wide enough and long enough, they're not really a choking hazard as long as you... Rawhide should not be given unless you're with your dog and monitoring your dog. Don't give it to your dog and leave the house. Because they're still choking hazards regardless. They become like a soggy cloth that they're eating. A smart dog will rip it in pieces, but not every dog is that smart. Fable, for example. <laughs> I Like I say, I like rawhides, but I don't give her rawhides because she tries to swallow it whole. And I know that will cause an issue. So if you have... A smart dog who can do it, a flat rawhide, not the braided, not the rolled, not, you know, just flat rawhide. I feel like they can be pretty good for the teeth. Yeah, I feel like with the flat one, you're getting a smaller piece just in total. The more wraps and twists and stuff it and has, that's just like the bigger It just becomes a, a, it typically becomes like a foreign body. Because it clogs either the intestines or the stomach, just like too big of bones or... Do you just have to go in and like cut that out? Sometimes you can go in endoscopically, which is with a scope down the throat with like some grabby things and you pull it out. Um, More times than not... Is that the technical term, grabby things? Grabby things, (laughs) yeah. More times than not, people don't actually bring their pet in on time and it's sorry stuck in like the intestines then you have to go in surgically and that's not a fun time so yeah Ugh. yeah just thinking about so that. i think for some dogs it's fine some dogs just can't handle them aka fable and then the same thing with like the big any of the pet store shoes they should just be given under supervision until you know especially until you know how your dog handles them but even, like, if you know your dog, how he handles them, shouldn't be given. Because what if your dog chokes at one time you're not home? Yeah. What about things like uh, wooden, like, some I see sometimes, like, wood chew toys or, like, plastic, you know? Again, just be careful. I th- obviously, everything is going to have its own, you know, warning. Mm-hmm. May cause choking. May cause suffocation. May cause foreign body. It's just, you know, I I don't think they're good for dogs when they're left alone. Because, again, you're not, if you get, you go out and your dog chokes on a ball, you're not, and it's going to take time for you to get home. By that time, your dog's probably dead. I almost choked to death once on a cocoa puff. <laughs> a it cocoa puff. awful. Yeah, I was breathing in, and I think I had, like, a hiccup at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it... <laughs> Went right oh. down into my trachea. Do you still eat them now, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My and cousin choked on a hot dog, and he's never eaten a hot oh, dog again since. That's got to be a tough oh, one. Oh, that was scary. We were on vacation, too, and <laughs> had to get the Heimlich maneuver. It was, like a hole or just like a little a piece? A chunk, because you oh, took a bite. Still. Yeah, so this thing was like lodged in, and so I'd take a, <gasps> I'd try to take a breath, and it would like go down and seal against like the bottom of the saw, and then like. It would go up to the top and seal, and eventually I just had to like cough as hard as I could. Yeah, like I was bleeding from like where it, and it, but it yeah. was just like I'm like, 
I could feel this thing going up and yeah. down, sliding and blocking. And, oh, it was, I was like, holy crap, Sam's not home. I'm about to suffocate on a Coco <laughs> How old were you? This like five years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's mostly children that do yeah. this. <laughs> it was just like the weirdest. Oh. Cause of death. Choking via cocoa puff. Yeah, I was like, I'm not dying like this. I'm like, I'm coughing this thing up. It's coming out. <laughs> that was brutal, yeah. But it's the same thing for dogs. It's like, give them toys. Like, you should never give your dog a ball that's small enough to fit in the back of their mouth. Mm-hmm. It should always be wide enough that they have to hold it on the end of their mouth. Yep. Um, because of choking hazards. Um, How do you give a dog the Heimlich maneuver? Do you have to give it? Ever, I've never given it, but there's. I think it's just like lay them on the side, their side. It's hard to explain. Um, I just I don't know how to explain it because it's it's weird. Oh, it's Um, different than a human. It's different than human because their their anatomy is different. Because their anatomy, their ribs are like this. Our anatomy, our ribs are like this. Yeah, like just thinking about like trying to give Shiloh CPR, like that deep. So CPR is chest. different than the Heimlich maneuver. So CPR is still pushing on the chest. Oh, okay. Um, it's just, it's so hard to Yeah, stop. no, yeah. One's trying to breathe. One's trying to, yeah, one dislodge. Is, yeah, one thing is trying to keep the heart going, and one is trying to dislodge. Um, a lot of times, balls will get stuck in, like, this part. Um, there's been a couple cool videos. I've never like done it or had to experience, but what they were push on the bottom and push the ball back out. Um, sometimes when it's too far deep, they have to go in and remove it. And it's a scary time because you know most times these dogs are having trouble breathing, but you can't intubate them. So it's like time sensitive. So that that's why I say if they're unsupervised, you gotta be very careful with what you give them because it takes minutes to kill your dog just like when people let their dog stick their head in the food bag and walk around with the food bag on its head the dog could suffer uh, suffocate from that like there's so many like sad stories where people are like oh his i found came home and found my dead dog dead because he had his head inside of um, a doritos bag mm. just got stuck yeah and you can see like some there's like st- stupid videos out there where the dog's like panicking with the food container or like bag on its head and you could see like that they're like they're freaking out like that's like pure panic and people are like ha 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 it's so funny and i'm like because they're breathing in so it's suctioning the bag to them just like a plastic bag over a head like they're they're panicking for a reason and it's whenever i see that i get sick to my stomach and i one of the things i don't like this is a big, big corporate, like, I don't even know what to call them, but the Dodo videos. Have you seen those on Facebook, Reddit? I hate anything that... They share videos all the time of, like, animals and stuff. It's just, yeah, it's like... And it's like an animal that clearly needs a wildlife rehabber, and that's the home, people bringing it home and petting it. Oh, I'm like, it's, it's a wild animal. Yeah. Don't do that. Well, like I sent you the lady holding that octopus yeah. thing. Yeah. Whatever that was. And enough poison to kill 27 people, I think I read, in one bite. And she's just holding it like it's Yeah, and it was in clear threat display with the blue rings visible. Yeah. Excuse Crazy. me. Um, yeah, people do a lot of 
and people share those videos and they don't realize how like detrimental those videos are some of those videos are good yeah they people who bring it to a rehabber and the rehabber shares that story of this animal that gets better but it almost like humanizes the animal to people and i'm like don't humanize it don't anthropomorphize it because it's still a wild animal and it's scared just because you're trying to comfort it you're a freaking alien coming over and petting it like while it's dying it's petrified like you're speeding up the process here um they're trying to feed it water when they're clearly not able to drink water but it's my biggest pet peeve they always aspirate they get aspiration pneumonia or they drown immediately it's but you see the same thing with dogs and where the people show share videos of like dogs stuck with their their head stuck in the food bag or stuck in the Doritos bag and the things that people call and cute and entertaining sometimes to it's me. It's just like it's lack just of like common sense. I'm like, don't it's it it looks funny slash cute in the second, but that dog or that animal is panicking mm-hmm. and it's not funny or cute. Like TikTok trends, you know, like barking at your dog or Oh yeah, like, that's how you're gonna get bit in the face. <laughs> just doing stupid things and it's like I don't know if you've seen the guy that like got a doberman he like i forget he yells at it then he like looks at it and then he like goes to grab it and it's like this thing and he does a different thing every time but the consistent thing is he looks at it and grabs it and you can see when he looks at it the dog knows oh shit he's about to like come grab me yeah you can tell he gets he just anxious gets so yeah anxious. And it's like all right you're getting views and you think this is cute but this is everyone's about the views these days i'm Ugh. like there's literally like poor talk some of these videos, man, I'm like, I don't understand. I'm like, how do you think this is okay? Like, it's gross. I I understand people don't come from the pet loving slash, you know, vet med side and understand every little reason why. And they're just coming from, oh, it's a family pet. Mm-hmm. I'm young, don't know any better. There's like a funny oversight and then there's like negligence. Yeah. You know? I just I get it, but also at the same time, if you really watch and see that your pet is panicking, it's typically common sense not to continue stop recording your phone and go take the bag <laughs> off of its head. Yeah, because you know next time it happens, you're gonna come home to a dead dog or dead cat. Because everyone does it with the cats too, with their their head inside the jar. They eventually mm-hmm. suffocate. They need fresh oxygen yeah they're breathing in their own co2 they're gonna die <laughs> yeah i don't know why people people just like mess with animals and they think it's funny yeah. and it's not like th- again things that I'll, i want to look up the well i'll look it up after but i, I want to find that tiktok tr- thing and just show it to you because it's just like when you watch it you're just like how do you do this and i cringe think like i cringe okay. i'm like oh yeah, like, that's so. not okay. Like, you're supposed to be enriching these animals' lives, and here you are laughing Just at torturing it. Torturing it. Panicking. Yeah. Like, bullying it. So, it's sad. Um, all right. Uh, do you have anything else to, to add about um, delicious food? No, just like I said, meet, feed the dog that's in front of you. Oh, uh, if you've got an overweight dog, mm-hmm. feed for the weight you want yeah. it to be. What's the best way is it should you like wean it down slowly should you just like kind of people tip a a lot of recommendations i've heard is cut 20 percent 
Um, so feed it for the dog that for, feed it for the weight that you want it to be, but do it in increments. So say the dog's like ninety pounds, and you want it's supposed to be like sixty. Feed mm-hmm. for eighty five for a few weeks. Feed for seven uh, eighty for okay. a few weeks. Feed it for seventy. So cut it down, and, and then, as long as they're active, they should. Yeah, increase exercise obviously because that's also going to help contribute to weight loss, mm-hmm. and make sure no one else is feeding the dog because a lot of times, more than not, grandparents are giving them an extra meal. The kids are throwing them table scraps. Those calories add up for these dogs. They don't need as much as we think they need, and yeah, they don't. The reason we need so much food is because of our brain. The amount of energy it's consuming. Yeah, like they aren't. They aren't using nearly as much energy as, no. as we are. Mentally, they're not using as much energy. They're not u- using as much energy physically unless they have a job. Certain dogs need a certain caloric intake. And again, that's also breed specific. Um, but just feed for the dog in front of you. Feed for the weight it should be, not that for the weight it is now. Because it, you're never, nothing's ever going to change if you're going to feed it for the weight it is now. It could potentially even gain, and then you increase the food because you're, you know, they're gaining. And feed for what you want it to be. Um, increase exercise. Cut out treats. Um, I just looked it things. up. The brain uses about twenty percent of our energy. So that's yeah. like a huge. I mean, that's a it's fifth a big, of. Yeah, it's a big amount. It's just again. The big thing, I keep saying it because I, it is so important to feed the dog that's in front of you because people will be like, oh, you're feeding it raw, then why? Like, ew, it's gross. Or, oh, you're feeding it kibble. Ugh. You know, and then you try to change it, and it doesn't turn out well, and then, you know, you give your dog diarrhea, upset stomach, pancreatitis. You give your dog pancreatitis, and that's painful. Uh, obviously, when you're switching diets, do it slowly over the course of, I usually say three weeks, start off with 100% of the old food, and every couple of days increase the amount of new food until like the two, three-week mark. Um, you should be completely over to the new food. If your dog seems to be having an upset stomach, obviously go back, step back a couple of days worth, and increase the amount of old food that is, you know, so you're feeding it. Um until the you know stool solids and then go try to increasing again keep in mind increasing the food and the diarrhea could be coincidental or it may be that it may have a food allergy so keep an eye on that if it's getting diarrhea and not getting better even at that slow rate of you know change of food then i would consider food allergy or talk to your doctor because they're also parasites obviously is there a way to I know you can like test humans. Like I have a peanut allergy and I was tested for it as a child. Mm-hmm. Like, is there that for dogs or is it kind of trial and error? So there is food er, allergy testing for dogs. I don't know the food aspect, what it requires, but I know there is um, like environmental allergy testing that they do. And there's like immunotherapy shots you can give your dog to help um, boost its immunity to it. Um, I, I know there's probably food allergy testing i just don't know what require like what it requires that um you'll have to see a nutritionist for that uh, because it's more specialized just like how you need like dermatology for environmental allergies because usually the skin's infected um skin ears eyes get infected for skin and then mouth 
and uh, GI tract for food. Huh. Yeah, I know with humans, I don't know about dogs, but human, like, gut health is huge for us mm-hmm. and our, like, mental state and how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And there's probiotics for dogs, too, when there's, like, I said, sensitive skin and stomach mm-hmm. foods, stuff that's easy on the stomach. You obviously... If your dog has upset stomach and you want to, you know, to try a bland diet for a couple of days, that's fine. It's usually boiled chicken and rice, but that's not nutritionally balanced like we mentioned earlier. So uh, that's not something they can be on long term. But, you know, just to balance out your dog's diet and then wean it back onto normal food with the bland diet, that's totally fine, too. Keep in mind, they're going to like the bland diet more because it's chicken. So you got to be careful with the small dogs. Um, they get really picky and they won't eat their dog food because they want the good stuff and they're smart enough to know that. So <laughs> don't let your dogs outwit you. They will eventually eat. I, I don't know. <laughs> it drives me crazy when, crazy when people are like, my dog doesn't like its food and we try all these other foods and it eats it for a couple of days and then doesn't eat it and then we get new food and it eats it. And I'm like, you're just dog, your dog is... outsmarting you here (laughs) um dog will eat get a balanced diet feed the only the balanced diet unless you know you want to do raw or you do toppers but don't like deviate from it because if you just keep mixing different diets your dog's gonna get diarrhea yeah yeah awesome um well i got my questions answered I've learned a lot as always, <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll see you next week. All right, next week. Perfect. Good night. Good night.